Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we're doing some more MLB trade deadline talk. Yeah, we know it, it wrapped up a little bit, but we're going to really put the final bow on who were the big winners for this season and really just kind of take a look forward the rest of the season. See, all right, what are, what are updated predictions at this point now that we have far more information than we did at the beginning of the season when some of those maybe aren't going to hold up quite so well. Uh, but uh, we've also, of course, uh, got a little bit of talk about the Cubs coming into town. Always fun. It'll be different kinds of fun and interesting with the Cubs, whatever's left of them, uh, coming to town uh, here at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. And um, But before we get into all that, Patrick, I wanted to we, – we love doing this here. We love taking a little bit of a look into the past. And, and you know, the, when a trade deadline happens and – and, and we all come out and we, we kind of analyze it as best we can. But we don't always go back it and look at, you know, what happened four, five, six years ago? And how did those things unfold? Did it end up going the way we thought it would? Um, and there's one thing that I actually want to make he- clear here, like it's a great big caveat to the first part of this, which is that, you know, what, I'm a, what I want to lay out a little bit here is, you know, as we talk about the Rockies having not moved on from Trevor's story and the opportunities missed and all of that, I, I think it's very important to separate process whereby I'm right in line with Patrick and the consensus out there. Colorado Rockies process absolutely has to be better. Uh, we might disagree on some of the finer details of exactly how it needs to be better. It's got to be better. It can't be doing stuff like this. Um on the flip side, I, I think it's still fair to draw a little bit of a line between, you know, I see some people saying this set them back decades. Some people saying it set them back years. And, and that's a separate question, right? Did they do the thing right? No. How much damage have they really done to their ability to compete down the line? I think that's an interesting question. And when we go back and look at trade deadlines in years past, we see, uh, you know, what I see, and I looked mainly at 2009 through 2014, because around 2014, you start getting into trades that are basically still active, uh, still like going on. Um, and, and we don't know exactly what the end result will be. But with some very important exceptions we're going to get into, and especially when it comes to those Tampa Bay Rays and how amazing they are and and some uh, some big important exceptions. Sellers at the trade deadline tend not to be the big gigantic winners. When you move a star player for a bunch of prospects, as we're about to see, usually the winner is the team that got the star player. Uh, and that's something that's just kind of true in, in all pro, uh, pro sports. We know it's a bit of a crapshoot to acquire prospects. I'm not telling you anything you don't totally know, but still, I think it's fun to go back and look at some of these specifics. Also, just a walk down memory lane. There's going to be some names in here. We're going to go, oh, yeah. I think what makes it hard, too, as you said, it's usually the team that acquired the stars, the buyer versus the seller. Because in that gray area that much of the world operates in and, and the much of the, our, our lives that we lead is in a gray where no one's definitively right or definitively wrong, it's easier to say in a deal that maybe worked out perfectly for both sides, hey, we got the veteran name that we needed 
and the other club ended up getting some good, valuable, slightly above average, if not maybe even average players that they needed for a couple years. And you go, oh, no, that worked out perfectly for both teams. But it seems more likely that the name you do know that was maybe more impactful there down the stretch or helped contribute to ending a playoff drought or a World Series drought. And it's easier to kind of split the tie with that. But you're right. It's, you know, it it can go many different ways. I think for me, when it comes to the Rockies, I don't, when I think of the phrase of it sets them back X amount of years, a decade is, is is absurd for anyone who might think that. What I think of when I think of the the setback is that there is an opportunity to expedite a window. Again, briefly touched on what the the Cubs were able to do, and we'll we'll get into who plays for them. Um, so I right. guess because they play for the Cubs, they are actually Cubs. But yeah, right. you you're not going to know a lot of these names, and we'll have fun with that. But what they were able to do is, well, you know, they got rid of all these superstars, yeah. and you go, all right, well clearly you're not going to be good for a while. But they improved their farm system. So right. you go, you know what? Where maybe it would have taken the the rebuild or the retool five, six years. Hey, maybe it'll only be three and four. We still don't know. But right. they they jumped at that opportunity. Right. And that's where the, the frustration is with the Rockies. But as we're going to kind of go over, it's not always guaranteed that when you do make one of these trades, immediately you're now – back on track and and you're now destined for or that it even has go both ways at all sometimes it it has, it has no impact whatsoever to your point the one thing i want to carve out the cubs actually again I, having done a lot of research on this basically yesterday I, I spent all day on this and um looking at like what the cubs did at this trade deadline has never been done before very rare that amount of talent and bringing in so that you know that's that's kudos to them if that really works out but that's that's pretty special and 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 pretty separate but also i i think you're right i I think they really did set themselves up and even the nationals too who they had a a system that was 29th you know depending on who you looked at because they even you know had just given up some guys to get josh bell uh, mm-hmm. this, this past off season, a guy who was controllable from the pirates. So their system was like high twenties. They were 29th way back. Right. So they improved their system a lot as well, but now they might be a 20th best kind of system. And they did that by trading three all-stars, Max Scherzer, right. Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber. That had never been done before. Right. That had never been done. And when but you've it, got yeah. two teams like the Nats and the Cubs, they both just won a World Series. So if any team is ever going to do something as unprecedented as both teams did, it's going to be one in which your fan base is going to be disgruntled. No two ways about it. But you're going to get a little bit benefit of the doubt. There's going to be some trust in the front office. Sure. And it's going to be okay when you don't have that. And then some people like us ooh, are going to look rough. back on you 10 years after the fact, like we're about to do and really judge you for what actually happened. And it may have been very very positive as it was like you mentioned the last time they they ran this play uh so let's get into it starting i think 2010 was actually the best kind of example year of this because there's there's a lot that that went on this year 2010 and 2011 are really good a couple of star players Uh, this one i want to begin with a trade that a lot of people of a certain age are probably uh remembering and that was when the philadelphia phillies acquired roy oswalt from former colorado rocky uh, from the Houston Astros for J.A. Happ, Jonathan VR, 
and Anthony Ghost. And, you know, you go, okay, that's a that's a pretty solid return. You got three guys who actually had pretty – as you're going to see some of these other trades, you, you, you're going to be like, they traded for three guys who never even got to the big leagues. Or at least all of these guys are, are big league players. But they were all um, – substandard like negative in terms of era plus or ops plus or whatever and while the astros did flip anthony ghost never played for the Astros. they flipped him immediately to toronto for brett wallace mm -hmm. uh who was like a 95 ops plus guy for the Astros for about three years and then just was released into free agency so none of these players really were the rebuilding of the farm system or the the start of the next era or a, a key player on a postseason team. And, you know, while they absolutely did get value at the end of the day, you go, did the trade of, did the selling of Roy Oswalt really help the Strohs in any measurable way turn things around? No, at the end of the day. Um, again, prop to your point, and this is going to be the caveat to every single one of these, so we'll try not to do it every time. The process was right. They didn't know at the time what was going to become of all of those guys. Maybe they could have been more. And, and you could even argue that the failure in the process was not the next step, not then flipping Brett Wallace his one year where he was decent and, and keeping the trade going the way, as we'll see in some later examples, the Tampa Bay Rays would be. But ultimately, they ended up with three guys who they got no further value out of. And it was. Well, Anthony Goes did end up uh, eventually becoming a pitcher. Uh, he, he did end up changing. <laughs> forgot about that. That was an interesting one. Um, and, and so maybe if you say that that deal was a misstep, they were able to get a, a couple years of, of good control out of Jay Happ. Um, you look in and you say, well, they also traded Lance Berkman that offseason, and they got a Mark Melanson, uh, who was a young relief pitcher with the Yankees at the time. So, you know, that deal worked out. But were they a part of the uh, World Series team in 2017? Right. No, they're any, not. There's there's no line you can follow to eventually be like, and hey, that helped them win the World Series or even begin that that run, right? Um, okay, I'll, I think I'll have they, I think had they did end up turning around, um, in yeah, they they how, traded him at the 2012 deadline, and so they four, got a couple of helpful pieces, including Joe Musgrove, uh, yeah. which was one of those. So as as we'll get to in a little bit, um, you know, there is this idea of a trade tree where. You keep right. trading and trading. And again, the example that we'll get to can be extreme. The Astros were extreme in doing it where basically if you come knocking on our door uh, and this, this is the case, you know, for any team that's tanking and, and doing it well, right. Cause the whole object is to basically say, Hey, if we're not going to be good at winning, let's be good at losing. So you come, you come call on us. We're going to pick up and say, who do you want? Right. Sure. We'll give him to you. Even if he's controllable for a few years, but what are you going to give us? Let's punch it into our little equation, uh, our, our launch center that, that, that Houston uh, used and operated and say, actually, it ends us making us better in the long run. In the short term, definitely not. Yeah. And I mean, this and again, this one really didn't even in the long run, but but others have others do. So and like you and you've made the point several times before, just because you don't land every trade doesn't mean you don't make trades. But again, when you go the sellers at the deadline, you look at. Do they, you know, there's not a great track record. Here's another one. I think this is a big oof, even though I was always a big Justin Smoke guy. Uh, th this one's a big oof for Seattle, uh, who again had to move Cliff Lee. And a lot of times these teams are in these positions, but Cliff Lee goes out. Justin Smoke goes to Seattle along with Blake Beban, Josh Lukey, and Matt Lawson. 
Uh, and this was one of the few where I did follow the, the there is no trade tree here. Smoke, uh, th those guys you hadn't heard of didn't turn into anything. Justin Smoke was the only guy who's got a, a real major league career there. He was fine uh, for Seattle, but never quite what they thought he would be. And they didn't, you know, flip him as an impending free agent either. He he ultimately just hit free agency and signed with Toronto. So, you know, and at no point, obviously during that decade, did Seattle become contenders or, or you know, go on some kind of big run because of their return for the Cliff Lee trade, which is just sad. Yeah, and a lot of times with, with teams like that, when you're a seller, like Seattle was at that time, Houston yeah. was, some of it can be about financials. You know, if you want right. to save some money. Um, and honestly, I think that probably had something to do with the, the Trevor Story deal where, again, we don't know financials and, you know, we understand that's an element of it. It's also an element for fans being frustrated. If the Rockies had said, well, Story's only due about $6 million more left. What if we pick up the tab on all of that? So we'll, we'll pay for Trevor Story to be on your team. How much of a prospect pool does that bring back for $6 million? So, um, you can take advantage of some of those teams that are uh, up against the the salary cap, but in, in that case, as you said, yeah, Mariners are really looking for some. Yeah, when you're when you're poor, like <laughs> it's harder to do. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's that's a big oof for Seattle there, and it's tough. There's there's a few of these other ones that again, there's just kind of names. A lot of these trades are really n neither plus nor minus for anybody. But let's get into a nice big counter example for you here, Patrick. I know. You'll love this one. Tell me if you remember this one. I'll give you two players involved in the trade, and and I, okay. I think you'll you'll be able to get who the key piece is that I'm missing out. But Ryan Ludwig mm -hmm. and Jake Westbrook. All right, so this was a three-team deal, I believe, yeah. right? Between yeah. Cleveland, San Diego, and St. Louis. I'm probably going to butcher – who no, went all over it. the place. No, I no, think no, no. You've got so much Ludwig might have been with the Cardinals, and he went over to San Diego. Got it. Uh, who, who was the other names you said? What was the first name you said? Jake Westbrook. Jake Westbrook was a minor league pitcher at the time who actually was drafted by uh, the Rockies and was uh, – the Rockies did not get too much. They just got a little relief help. Um, that's, that's one of those trades that doesn't really get talked about too much uh, in the Rockies' history, believe it or yeah. not. But so he was still a young guy. He uh, might you're have a little. Was... You're a little off there. He actually had, had had some pretty solid years for Cleveland by this point. But you're. You've, oh, okay. He was a little older. All right. Yeah. I, I must be bit... thinking of the the Rockies one. But the big name in that deal at the time was uh, uh, a young starting pitcher by the name well, of Corey Kluber, who went well, from San Diego yeah. to Cleveland. And let me let me. That was one of those on, names on one phrase. I was going to say because sure. he was the big name in the deal. Now. Now that's right. Now he's the big that's man right. in the deal. Uh, see if I can find this uh, uh, write up. Where was it? Oh no, no. This I think Ludwig the, was the big name that yeah. San Diego was getting at that time, where they just needed a big bat. Yeah, and that was kind of what it was centered around. And they go, yeah, hey, look, we can't really use this clubber, Kluber. Right. What's his name? Uh, who cares? He's down in Double A or you know, wherever he was at that time, right. and, you know, you, so, you make those kind of deals again, it's, it's, it's rough. And, and I, I don't want to get off the topic, but when you take those risks, yeah, you go, you kick yourself and go, 
oh my God, we, we had this guy in our system. But at the same time, you put yourself out there, you can grab somebody else's next Corey Kluber uh, in a deal. That was a fun one. And that was yeah, an so interesting one. The, the, and what's really funny, and, and, and I'll read you the write-up from Jeff Sullivan at the time. He says, Ludwig adds another powerful bat to the middle of the order, fitting in with San mm -hmm. Diego, and they get uh, a year and a half of Ludwig. The Padres surrendered a decent double-A pitching prospect and a finesse lefty in A-ball. That's all that Kluber is referred to there, a decent double-A pitching prospect. They found a way to make themselves better in the short term. So the Padres were seen, actually, as the big winners here. The Padres would win. Now, you remember 2010 was the year where, with 14 games to go, the Giants, Padres, and Rockies were all within one game of the lead in the National League West. The Giants would go on to win. In fact, they would go on to win the whole damn thing. The Padres would win 90 games and just miss out on the postseason to the Cincinnati Reds, who were the only team that trade deadline who didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, and what did it, what did they get? Ryan Ludwig, who was never good for the Padres. What did they lose? Corey Kluber, as it turned out. Tough one for the Padres in hindsight. Like you said, it doesn't mean you never take risks, but we're just doing the hindsight game right now. Yeah, big, big win one. for Cleveland, for sure. Again, yeah. they... Got a veteran pitcher, that, and they replace it for a cheaper it, pitcher, too. It was a Cardinals-Padres trade. Cleveland had no business being in it. They moved Westbrook, who'd been pretty good for them, but they, they could tell that he had peaked. They basically just went, hey, we'll make we'll facilitate this. We'll make it work by shipping Westbrook to St. Louis for, uh, you know, and you guys just send us a double-A pitching prospect. And it's not clear that they knew what Corey Kluber was going to turn into either. You, you win some, you lose some, but – that yeah that the winner uh it still wasn't the team that sold the team right. that sold there was the cardinals sold ryan ludwig so even though cleveland won big it's hard to say they were really sellers but they did kind of sell jake westbrook so i'll give it to him i think that's a pretty solid sellers as winners point there for for cleveland yeah that, that that's huge as you said they kind of facilitated the deal they jumped in the middle of it and again when you have good relationships with other teams you can do that and say, hey, what, what do you got going on over there? Well, look, we don't have a match for you, but we know this other team that's got something, and you you work it out. It's There is an honor among well, thieves said, to a degree, right? Cleveland only won so much with Kluber in uniform, but they did manage to flip him as well. And that went, went to the World I Series. That, that trip, I mean, yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> well, there, there was another one of these. I won't get into it. There's there's the Chris Davis trade, and I was like, no, this is too calm. Like, obviously, they won that trade by getting him, but then also that turned into such a nightmare. So I was like, and it's and also was, hard to define winners and losers. And I, I don't want to get get off track, but right. you go and and look at the deals that the the Yankees made with Cleveland and Chicago, the two teams that ultimately went to the World Series in 2016, and the Cubs paid a big price to rent Aroldis Chapman and given up Glaber Torres and right the, and Cleveland you know, gave up a, a big price at the time with, with Clint Frazier uh, in acquiring Andrew Miller. And so you might look and say, man, the Yankees got more out of that deal than Cleveland and Chicago. But I don't know that you could call them losers, particularly the Cubs. They won the World Series. And if that's the goal, right. it almost doesn't matter that you're paying that Jason Hayward $180 plus million, dollars, right. right? And so that's that's another thing. If, it's like if you win – you know what we can then, we can forgive any want. of those sins of the right. trades and all that yeah right and some of these like um there's another trade that's still 
going on. Um, and, and I got to get to an ad after this. And I want to do one or two more of these, but then we got to move out of history. But Gerardo Parra, this was, I wasn't going to talk about this one because again, the tree is still happening because it was like Arizona flipped Gerardo Parra to Baltimore? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Uh, shoot. Now I'm going to forget. Cause I did, like I said, I didn't have this one up uh, for a couple of guys who that maybe Gene Segura was a part of that. And then Gene Segura or or somebody else. Oh, then, I, yeah. So uh, and then they got flipped to Seattle, uh, and Cattell Marte came back. But Mitch Haniger also Mitch Hanager, went with. Segura. And Anthony Banda was a very good prospect at the time. Uh, yeah, I was, I was in a, a dynasty league at that point, and and Anthony Banda, who's still kicking around in the majors, lefty starting pitcher, now reliever, uh, was was it was a high price because Gerardo Parra was you know a relatively young guy at that time, kind of a, a sabermetric, you know, hero in a sense where uh, in the year before he was dealt, you know, had a three war, then a two war, then a 5.3 war. Not bad for a guy who, you know, all of those three years combined made about like three and a half million dollars. So yeah. he was, he was an undervalued, unappreciated player. And so, Hey, if you got the prospect capital, make that trade. And then as, as you said, um, Arizona then goes out, swaps Mitch Hanniger, and it kind of keeps this thing going. Which, again, is, is hard for a fan base. You're getting you're getting attached to a player, and then they then they're gone immediately. But the trade tree continues on and on, and you continue to get those assets rather than it just kind of dies this death and and it's over. But it's as we're learning here, it is it is tricky. It is tricky to find that balance. It just dies that death ultimately whether you want it to anyway and it's it's uh you know again it's almost like the flip side of what you were saying where even if you acquire the player who maybe the guys you sent out had more total war than the guys you brought in but you won the world series so who gives a damn right uh, there's kind of that flip side where sure you brought in uh this great player but you did it at a time where your window was way down you can't compete around Cattell Marte now he's the only guy left and you know maybe you flip him for something great but there's that other side too where if you lose uh you know you go well you, you know you, you tried but again it's not the not the try hard league it's the do good league and uh as we see what uh when we when we go back and look at these it's almost always frustratingly the teams that were already good and got better by acquiring the buyers the buyers are the big winner winners at the trade deadline not for, and, and i would think not at all trades um i would think that it's much easier to win in a seller's market maybe when it's not right at the the deadline maybe i'm wrong about that and we know that this year was a particular seller's market so we'll have to look back you know in a few years and say was that the case was that an exception or not um but if you want to do a few more of these, we can. We can move on if, if we're ready to move on from that. Um, but what I'm not ready to move on from ever, I'll tell you that much. And look, you, sh- you got to be ready to move on eventually. But each and every day, a little uh, Breck for you. A little Breck brew. A little Breck Celsi. Throw it down at the the evening hours for your, your baseball watching. Have a little nice chilled Celsi in the summertime. Digging it this time of year loving it this time of year especially like i know i've always been a beer guy but those i never thought seltzers i'd come around man but summertime seltzers we'll see if it sticks in the winter i won't lie to you i'll tell you if i switch back to just drinking vanilla porters all the time but right now those peach and and apple seltzers especially you get 15 can samplers down at king supers your local liquor store and of course you can get a bigger breck brew down at the dnvr bar 
If you're a member, do subscribe today at thednbr.com. You get access to all the written content. You get access to our Discord channel. You get come and hang out with us, chat all the time. You get discounts on all kinds of fun stuff. Really, really great opportunity. And if you sign up for the annual, we will send you a free shirt from the DNVR locker. Also, got to let you know about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. All of this is talking about, you know, predicting the future and then looking back on the past and seeing like, well, we might have been a little bit off on some of that. But hey, it doesn't make doing it a little bit more fun, throwing a little bit of money on some stuff quite a bit more fun. Now is the time. Also, if you haven't been on DraftKings Sportsbook yet, now is absolutely the time with the Olympics going on. Uh, basically, throwing your free money regularly uh, with these Olympics, beginning with their opening promo. But whether you're betting baseball all the time, like I love taking the overs and unders on strikeouts or who's going to hit a home run, all that. You never know who's going to win a baseball game. If you want to bet on who's going to win, who's going to lose, go right on ahead. I'm more into those smaller bets, but it's just so much fun. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. Let's go DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week tonight is Brendan Rogers to get a hit. It's Ooh. plus 500. Yo! 5-1 to one odds like for B-Rod. To get a hit. Now, not a lot of other guys are favored. In fact, of course, Ryan Maltapia completely missing off the list. And that might be because Zach Davies is, pitches pretty well historically yeah. against the Rockies. So, you know, Charlie Blackman, 19 at bats, batting three, 334 OPS. How about that? A yeah. low number. Elias Diaz, 558 and 13 at bats. So, not too much luck. Story's been the best of the bunch at. 782 OPS against Davies, but B-Rod has yet to face him, but he's super hot. This is at Coors Field, and again, this bullpen of anonymous relievers that the Cubs are throwing out there has to make you really like the odds, and the odds are good reason enough alone to put some money down on Brennan Rogers, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Lock it in. B-Rod to get a hit, a hit at Coors Field tonight. Come on. Love it. Love it. That's yeah. Those odds are amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you saw that one. Jump on that for sure. In on that. All right. I, I want to do one last one. And this actually doesn't make any of the points. This just messes up the conversation entirely, but just a walk down memory lane for Rockies fans. Get from crazy here as I was researching and remembering nobody forgot this, but I just wanted to read this right up uh, from Bleacher Report the next year, the following year in 2011 Rockies get, Right-handed pitcher Alex White, right-handed pitcher Joseph Gardner, catcher, catcher, first baseman, outfielder Matt McBride, and a player to be named later, in parentheses, most likely left-handed pitcher Drew Pomeranz, who is ineligible to be traded yet because he hasn't been a professional for a full year. Winner, Colorado Rockies. Loser, Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I may do some slight editing as I read this. <laughs> uh, it's a real quick write-up. The Guardians failed to keep their eyes on the prize and went out and overpaid for an overrated starter. Besides his historic start to the 2010 season, what has Ubaldo Jimenez ever done? Not including the first half of the 2010 season, Jimenez is 41 and 45 with a 416 ERA and a 133 whip. 
All of that is a shade below average. And what did Colorado get in return? Alex White and Drew Pomeranz, who were projected by Baseball America to be the Guardians' number one and number two starters down the road. Joseph Gardner, who could become a great innings eater if he can improve his control, and Matt McBride, who may be a backup or may wind up being an organizational player. Well, he nailed it on Matt McBride. Indeed. Indeed. And Pomerantz, you know, kind of there, but it just took him a long yeah, a time. Wow. Never did to work out. Figure that one out. Sure. Do you for remember sure. the name of the kid that the Yankees traded for Alfonso Soriano? Um, well, they, they traded A-Rod for Soriano. Uh, that was the only time that they, or, they I'm traded sorry, Soriano. I said the, the Yankees, the, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure I meant the, 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 who got him from the, from the Cubs? The, it was uh, the, I think he did go to the Nationals. Nationals, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I, he did I go. Just, I just had the picture of him in the Yankees. No, I, I, I do not. Uh, he, never, he never ended up making the big leagues. I think it was an injury thing, but there was a big uh, fight over that, according to the, the article I was reading, and they ended up trading a kid. And I couldn't remember his name either. I don't have that one up. I think that was in 14. Yeah, I know he had a lot of money left on that. Yeah, game. it was basically um, a, yeah, a big contract. But apparently they, they really didn't want to let go of that prospect. And yeah. If and, and I'll say this, actually, one of the things that I've maybe moved the biggest on in the research of doing this that I, you know, defended a couple of years ago, probably more vociferously than I should have, is buyers win at the trade deadline. They really do. And prospect hugging, while I do believe the Rockies have to build more internally than other teams, like they really, really did miss those opportunities to go for it. Because when you look back at these, how many teams traded a slew of pro sometimes you trade a slew of prospects and one of those guys ends up working out carlos carrasco was kind of a throw-in for cleveland there's another counter example he ended up being a great return for a seller uh when they just gave a, a bunch of prospects i can't remember uh who it might have been in the cliff lee deal um uh, marson and yeah uh, jason donald yeah, the, the, yeah. The, there are a lot of top prospects with the phillies at that time right um you know so so all of that you know can happen um, but now I lost my train of thought. They're trying to figure out that who, who Carlos Carrasco came back from. Uh, well, you know, and there's, there's losing a trade and then there's just being worse off for it. So the Cubs may have lost the trade for Rollins oh, Chapman. Right? I remember now, but did they lose? Right. No. And, and, and so, yeah, to, to, to put the, the bow on the point I was making is, is that the, the, while, Sometimes you can find some clear losers here when they shipped out great prospects for something they didn't that didn't help them win or whatever. Sometimes it goes that way. But the big buyers who get the star players that Ryan Ludwig wasn't a star player. That was a oopsie. That was just a big dump oopsie for the San Diego Padres there. Um, and you know, the Rockies had some opportunities to do that in 17 and 18. And they went out and got Lucroy and Nishek and, and Sun Wong Oh, all of whom were really, really good additions but looking back at like so here's one i know i don't know the exact details of but one i know was a sort of general working package and jt real muto for brendan rogers and that was one at the time i was like i don't know about that because in and real muto was about to be a free agent and he and i don't think he was gonna come back you know so there was all of that but Rogers is only now starting to really prove his worth and we'll see what it's going to end up being. 
if that was a prospect hugging situation where you throw JT Real Muto on that 2018 Colorado Rockies team, even if he only gives you that one year, they win the division. Plain, plain and simple. He wasn't a free agent until after the 2020 season. 2020. So he, they would have two and a half seasons. Yeah. Because, yeah, when you have that window, you have to make the most of it. Because, again, right. we don't know when then Rocky's next window is going to be. And, again, a lot of teams, they have those times where you go, all right, look, here's where we're at. Shoot, when are we going to contend? When are, the, when are things going to line up so that we get all of the best players at the same time? Like that's that's a question all organizations have to figure out or – to decide, well, since we don't know, then we're going to tank so that we can kind of force that issue and we get them all at the same time. Having one superstar, you know, for each era of the Rockies is great for the era, but you need two or three or four of them together at the same time to make something. And again, tanking, we know is, I understand the argument against it and that's fair and fine. But as, as you said, whether or not, you know, the Rockies didn't tank, to have those consecutive postseasons in 17 and 18. No, yeah. They had that window and they had that opportunity to go all in. And think about it. Even, you know, even let's say that the Rockies are in almost the exact same predicament predicament right now as they would have been if they had traded Rodgers for JT Ramuto, right? They decide, ah, right. shoot, they sell Arenado. Stories maybe they maybe they sell Arenado at this trade deadline. And story's gonna sure. be a free agent. And you right. go, oh man, this thing fell apart. But they went a little bit further, maybe in eighteen. They went back to the postseason in nineteen. Who knows what they did? 20, 2020, We don't know what would have happened in that shortened season. And then twenty twenty one is the letdown that twenty nineteen ended up being. Sure. You you don't know. You have to jump at those opportunities. You have to jump at those opportunities, whether they be to keep your window open and give it a jolt, or just kick the can down the road a little bit so that you've got a better prospect pool and you have to be on the other end and you have to trade your veteran for that prospect. It's, it's a lot to manage for sure. It's a lot to manage. And and for the fans out there who don't necessarily have to think in that capacity. And uh, it's, it's just, it's painful if you lose players or you lose games either way. It's, it's true about all sports, but Giamatti said baseball, it breaks your heart. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, why I was going back and looking through all this stuff, because as much as there are those Cubs and Rays teams that have really played those markets and done the right thing and nailed it and are arguably still nailing it. And that is the reason for their success. It is no consolation to Reds fans or Mariners fans or Pirates fans who are all over some of these other ones. I didn't have a chance to get to where you just go, no, you've moved out a dude and you got a bunch of other dudes who did nothing for you and the fact that you've been irrelevant for a decade but moving pieces around no consolation to those fans they don't that's you know and and so uh, I yeah I would just suggest that anybody who is feeling really upset about the future that they're they're feeling like maybe the Rockies missed out on and and doesn't want to feel that way if you want to stay that way fine if you don't want to feel that way maybe go back and look at some of these and realize that very very rarely it's not and when sellers win, they win big. It's a lottery ticket. I actually think here, here's my final thought. Here, here's my analogy. And I think that this works for why everybody is upset, right? Basically, there was a big party. They were handing out free lottery tickets. And the Rockies were at the party. And everyone else was getting free lottery tickets. And the Rockies went, no, we're going to go to a later party that might get canceled because of weather. 
where we're going to get a different lottery ticket that is much higher risk and may not be anything at all. We believe there's a higher reward there. And one thing I'll say, you know, we talked about the guys who they've drafted as much as there's Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman in those comp rounds and, and second rounds. There's the Chaz Rose. That, I hadn't seen Chaz Rose name in a while. I kick uh, rack. Right. There, there's the guys that don't pan out just like, you know, in the trades or whatever. Both of those things, a comp pick and a deadline deal for a, a group of prospects. Those are both lottery pickets tickets one just makes way more sense you were at the party they were handing them out for free just take it don't overthink this and if it's true what's been reported by Jim Bowden in the athletic and I don't have any sources to confirm it but if it's true they were offered top five prospects and didn't take it that's just inexcusable you've got to do that that said the value of this lottery ticket versus the value of this lottery ticket how much did they really set themselves back and how often do teams that sell at the deadline really end up winning big and really truly plant the seed for that success four or five years down the line? It happens. The Rays have been incredibly good at it. They've turned it into an art form. But even the A's, as you go back and look through some of the history here, have had some really dumbass moves. They've had some good ones, but they've had some that just they didn't turn into anything. So it's entirely possible that the Rockies missed out on a lottery ticket bad process, make it better. Don't do that next time you're at the party. But for those of you that are like, oh no, that lottery ticket, like it's, it might not be the end of the world. You think it is. we also don't know how much it would have, how much it would have been for, right? That's the thing. It's funny. I don't think it's a lottery ticket at all. I think it's a scratch off. Okay. Cause when you say lottery ticket, you go, all right, it's going to be millions. Even if I got to split it, I'm still probably going to make a million or, or right. several hundred thousands. And it's more of a scratch off that again, you can still win tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Cause we know in baseball, right. you're not going to make a trade for the next necessarily hall of famer. And even if you do one hall of famer does not make a dynasty or does not make a postseason contender. You're just getting a nice piece. A scratch off isn't going to change your life, but it is going to change your outlook on things for right. a while and yeah. but I, th I think that's that's the apt analogy is that and and because we don't know you know it just it's uh it's gonna be you know it, part of the conversation yeah. of like well but remember it could be better we, do, we don't know how much we'll, we'll never know how much right but we just know ugh, opportunity we will know whatever they take with that comp pick if they get it now if they don't get the pick then right. they can really return to this and do whatever but you know we'll we'll know that and it'll be interesting to go back several years from now and be like whatever did come of that particular pick and we again we know it doesn't always work that way but we do things like that with the like uh the larry walker trade right and then they end up getting dexter yep. fowler in a kind of roundabout way so it's just always fun to go back and look at those things so uh, yeah, and and I recommend anybody. It's really fun and interesting to go back and look at these names and be like, who they traded who for what? And if you want to, yeah, yeah. If you, I was gonna say if you want to do that Monday morning quarterback stuff, it's great if the Monday morning is a decade later, and then you can really time feel smart. That's right. right? That's when and you, you go, can really oh. kind of like, like Alex White and Drew Pomeranz, one and two punch right atop the rotation. Uh, future closer was a phrase that was used a lot for guys who I'm going to spoil it right now. 
None of them were future closers. Jared Cozart is maybe the guy that came closest. They kept calling him a future closer. He got traded like five times, had one really good year for Miami, and just rode that thing <laughs> for a while. He might have come over in the in a Hunter Pence deal. Uh, not too many people remember Hunter Pence was a Philadelphia Philly for, for, for a very short amount of time. That was a, another solid buy for the Phillies who just picked up Hunter Pence and sent out a couple of dudes. And, you know, again, buyers. Uh, it's a buyer's world out there, folks. Rich man's game it is, but that's all right. Still out there doing the thing. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't give in. And neither do our friends over at the Colorado XOs. Talk about some people who are giving it their all, man. It's a really, really cool situation they got out there. They finished up their season five and five. Uh, really great start for this totally new team uh, going up against professionals that have been doing you know rugby for years. For those of you who know, the, the XOs are like this collection of super athletes from other sports who are out there kind of learning the game of rugby. But, but at five and five, you're more than holding your own. Rugby is so... So much fun to watch. It's like um, it, it, professional wrestling is a great example. We're, we're, we both got it's wrestling T day at DNVR. Apparently, we decided to rock them. Uh, a lot like pro wrestling. Like if you watch it on TV and you happen to get into it that way, cool. I, I mean, I did as a kid. Totally understand. But it's not like going to a show. You take someone to a show. It's a totally different experience. That's how I feel about rugby. Like I've watched on TV. I've watched some of these streams along with Colton and the guys over there. It's fun. You get out to Infinity Park and experience the energy of live rugby. It's amazing. They got some uh, tournament, uh, sevens tournament coming up at the end of this month, August 20th through the 22nd. Uh, great family outing. You can see the pitch from everywhere. The, the really reasonable prices on like food and drinks. So you don't have to pregame or anything like that. You can just go out, buy your stuff. Uh, out at the park. They also sometimes are showing movies, which is a whole lot of fun. So check out infinity park at glendale.com slash events to get updates on all that. And make sure you're following our guy, Colton Strickler. He's doing an absolutely fantastic job covering that beat. Follow him on Twitter. Listen to the DNVR rugby podcast. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. Highly, highly recommend getting into the rugby machine. Uh, and also highly, highly recommend Getting into the Hassle Cattle Company. Well, not into the company. Into the into the beef. You, you, you just stay where you are. You order the beef. They send it to you. Actually, it's it's a very convenient situation. Uh, I just put in another two hundred dollar order. Yes, that's right. I don't mind telling you how much I spent because you get free shipping if you do that. So I highly recommend you do that. You use promo code DNVR ten. You'll get ten percent off. I'm a huge fan of the ground beef and ground chuck situation. Of course, they've got award winning hamburgers bacon that could change your life uh, they got steaks you know beef they got all the stuff that you can get in in beef form sausage uh, they, they've got like jerky and stuff i forget about that thing they've got uh seasoning to, to come with your steaks you don't have to think about all that or like what am i supposed to put on this just get the hassle cattle company steak seasoning uh, it's a great big old jar that i got for like nine bucks or something it's enormous it's, it's fantastic they've always got little promos too be sure to check those when you start going into your cart and putting stuff in they'll in there. They'll, they'll pop up with just like a, would you also like a heavily discounted pound of ground beef? And you're like, of course I do. Why would I not want that? It's delicious. It's fantastic. They treat the animal well, treats the environment well, treats your body well, treats your wallet well. No reason to get beef from anywhere other than Hassle Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L -L, Cattle Company. 
dnvr10.com. And don't forget to use the promo code DNVR10 to get 10% off. Yeah, why why invest a bit in Bitcoin when you can invest in a hassle cattle company and be eaten high off the hog? I'm saying literally. I'm saying. All right, Patrick, the Chicago Cubs come to town. What's left of them, uh, as, as, as we've mentioned, uh, usually a really fun series uh, when the Cubs come into town. Uh, we, we know about all the, the transplants and just and then they do that everywhere. The Cubs are just a team that travels when you go and watch them at spring training and they're the, all, the Cubs fans just invade everyone else's parking. It's a thing they do. And fair enough. Uh, they're having fun. But it'll be really interesting to see what it's like here. Uh, Cubs fans have got to be in a weird spot. Uh, they probably knew this was coming, like you said. There's probably a lot of fans that fully understand the long play. They've lived through it pretty recently, so they can have some faith, some confidence. This is going to work out in the long run. Uh, still breaks my heart when I see those pictures on Twitter of all the little kids lined up against the fence watching batting practice in their Bryant, Rizzo, and, and Baez jerseys just like – Who's going to tell the children? Uh, but yeah, so I, I, in, in a slight changing of one of my favorite lines from Major League, let us open by asking, who are these effing guys? Who are these guys? I mean, they they got rid of, I think, nine players. Nationals got rid of eight. And so between the two of them, 17 notable names especially if you're from the fan base, you know all of those names yeah. were gone. And then that night, the two teams played each other. So <laughs> if you were looking at a box score of the Cubs and Nationals, you're like, hey, NL powerhouses for the most part. Who who are these guys? Is, right. Are we sure this isn't the Iowa Cubs and the Fredericksburg Nationals? Yeah. So they've got some interesting things. If you're listening to the podcast version, it's not too visual, but if you're watching us, here live on the YouTube. You can also go back and, and watch it once it is up uh, days later. We got some images for you. And so we're gonna we're gonna quiz Drew. And I'll be I'll be fair and say that I, I knew about half these, half of the four guys, didn't know too much about them. Um, again, you keep tabs, but you just know that they exist versus their life story. So right. I'm gonna pop up a, a gentleman on the screen. And first off, He's got a batting helmet on, so maybe that's a giveaway. I don't know. Oh boy. Position player or pitcher? That that's your your first guess, Drew. Oh, position man. player or pitcher? Number sixty six. If mm. he's a position player, he's a catcher. That's a hefty boy. Okay, so you're looking at body types. That was gonna be the next piece. All right, so you're you're leaning more towards a position player than a pitcher, or, or not no, necessarily. I'm, I'm leaning pitcher unless he's a catcher. I was I was leaning toward pitcher because again, I think he's he's got a little extra heft here. He's got a relief pitcher's body. I'll say that much. <laughs> I, I I would agree with you on that. Uh, you you he is a position player. Okay. So you you'll be surprised to know that he's actually he's... a center fielder. What? <laughs> Number sixty six. Yes. Uh, he bats lead off for them. Is this gentleman's name Rafael Ortega, Adbert Alzale, Jonas Schwey, Fargus? Or Ezekiel Soto. Three okay, of those names so are actual Cubs players. One of them I made up. It's been a long time since I've seen Rafael Ortega, who was a former Colorado Rockies farmhand. And I'm not sure I would recognize him if I saw him again. 
but I, is that him? You're going with Rafael Tega? You would be correct, sir. Because I know Very he, nice. like, he was a and he Very was a nice. middle infielder at one point too that got yes. moved into the outfield switch hitter, I think. And then he just hit three home runs the other day after having had like four home runs his entire career. Uh, but yeah, thirty I, years old. He yeah, he's been around the block. That's right. So different. And I get that. Like the last time I saw him, he was maybe seventeen years old or something. So I probably look different than I did at seventeen as well. But man, yeah, he's put on he's put on some uh, some well, I'll say some muscle. Let's be nice. That that is a nice way of looking at it. All right, muscle. All right, so this next one, he's bat, he'll be probably be batting leadoff tonight. We'll call this category smart mouth. All right, <laughs> this guy again. We got someone running the bases. He's got long sleeves on, batting gloves, helmet. What is this? A pitcher. This, is a, this, is a this looks player. more like a position player. So now I feel like I'm okay. being set up. You, you grab right. the most athletic pitcher and the least athletic position player. You're right. He's a position up. player. Okay, yeah. he he looks, that right. That's great form. He's running well. He's, he's you know, we know some pitchers can be athletes, but let's, you know. All right. So <laughs> smart mouth. Is this guy's name Trevor Medulla, Patrick Wisdom, or Kyle Smart? So I know Patrick Wisdom is a person. I know who that I, I have read Patrick <laughs> Wisdom uh, box scores before, so I am certain that he exists and is in the Cubs system. You would be correct. This is third baseman Patrick Wisdom now batting cleanup. Far cry from Chris Bryant. Far cry from Aramis Ramirez, the previous last good look Cubs like Chris team. Bryant, though, a little bit, a little bit, a, a little Max Muncie ish too. Yeah, base. Yeah, uh, he's another guy who. Didn't really pan out for his team. Uh, was was drafted by the Cardinals and is finally figuring it out right around the same time as Rafael Ortega at age thirty. All right, name that Cub. So the the category for this nice boy uh, that we're seeing here is Guardians of the Galaxy Doppel Namer. <laughs> so he has a name similar to one of the actors in. Guardians of the Galaxy. So is that Dane Batista, <laughs> Chase Pratt, or Michael Rucker? <laughs> of course, Dave Batista, oh, Chris Pratt, and Michael Rooker. So which is it? Is it Dane Batista, Chase Pratt, or Michael uh, Rucker? And I really hope there's Cubs fans listening to this right now who don't know the actual answer. He looks like a Chase. You're going Chase Pratt? I'm going Chase Pratt. Ooh, got you with a whammy there. It's Dane. Is it Dane Batista? No, it's oh. actually Michael Rucker's oh, basic okay. name. All right. But when I saw that, I go, wait, that's the name of the guy in Guardians yeah. of the Ga Oh, no, no, that's Michael Rooker. Yeah. So then All the question right. is position player or pitcher for this sweet faced young boy? There's a little bit on the upper lip, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'll say pitcher. You correct? Yeah, you got it. You sal you you redeemed yourself there. It looks like a pitcher. You've yeah. redeemed yourself there. And finally, last but not least, and it, it's probably fitting that this gentleman is not <laughs> even wearing a Cubs uniform because he was recently acquired in a trade. There was 
one of those trades gosh i wish i could remember uh one that the dodgers totally whiffed on as a seller and they acquired some prospect uh from the orioles god i wish i could remember the entire trade but the the point of it was he ended up playing like 26 games for the dodgers was absolutely terrible didn't have much of a career or whatever uh but he only ever played for the dodgers and on his baseball reference page wearing a baltimore orioles hat <laughs> So so go back because I I need to know who this I need to know who this person is. So he was a so he was a prospect on the so the Orioles got the big leaguer the and the yeah, Dodgers like ended up getting the minor leaguer. Yeah, it was it, it was like a reliever that helped. Them yeah, that's a rare distance season. Yeah, I remember the that Dodgers to be traders was was good and and Zach Britton and they also acquired Andrew Miller around that time, that one year where the Orioles were really that good. That was that Eduardo, that was 2014. That was right. the Eduardo Rodriguez right. or Jorge De La Rosa trade that got mixed. On. Yeah. Um, I wish I, if I can go back, but we can even bring this up in the future. I wish I could, because it was some guy's name, uh, Carrasco or Carlos, but not Carlos. Oh, I wish I could remember this. He really didn't right, do anything. We got, we've got homework to do. Away was that he yeah he only played he played like 30 games for the dodgers and it just didn't go anywhere it happens but on his baseball reference page he's got a baltimore orioles hat on <laughs> yeah there's never never did he's a dodger guy interesting i'll have to go back and look at that one so fitting that we've got a guy in oakland a's uniform from spring training with he came over in the andrew chafin deal he's got an old-timey name this guy he's got an old-timey name and you've you've been very impressive so far so you might recognize two of the names because two of them are hall of famers old-timey hall of famer names not very notable but hall of fame names nonetheless what is this guy's name if you can use, use process of elimination you'll get it is his name frank schwindel freddie lindstrom or roger bresnahan this right, guy I feel like I've missed a clue somewhere. <laughs> if, you know, if you know your Hall of Famers well, that's going to bode well. Otherwise, these are all just kind of – these are they names just, from the 20s. Frank Schwindel, Freddie Lindstrom, Roger Bresnahan. So Freddie Lindstrom is a name I've heard before. Okay, you'd be correct, yes. He actually was a Cub. Um, I think mainly he was with the New York Giants, but he was okay. a third baseman with the Cubs. The other two I'm a little fuzzier on, not going to lie. Roger's an old-timey name. My father-in-law is a Roger. Frank is also. Frank, yeah. I mean, Frank Schwindel, first of all, is a phenomenal name. <laughs> For any era. Schwindel. Like, that guy had to be a um, – I'll go, I'll go Roger on this one. Go Roger Bresnahan. Incorrect. Ah. This young man's name is Frank Schwindel. Fantastic. Jumped right out at me. Good. I said – Good That's me. a great name. That's so excellent. Again, 29-year-old uh, first baseman that's pretty much been stuck in the minor leagues for the entirety of his career. And Cubs say, look, we, we're not being picky right now. We just need some bodies. So you might be seeing him tonight if you go out to Coors Field as opposed to Anthony Rizzo. But you'll be able to know. You'll say, oh, of course you knew Anthony Rizzo. But let me tell you a little bit about Frank Schwindel. Frank and once they're just like blown away that you knew his name, you won't actually have to say anything more than that. So hopefully you, you won't have to continue the conversation. Right. Or you can do some research. But at least now you know what name to go for. Schwindel, right. 
first baseman. So Patrick, I discovered the answer to the mystery and it's even weirder than I thought. The name of the ball player I was thinking of was Can Alex. I have more hints? No, oh, all right, good. Uh, if you were going to get Alex Castellanos, uh, then congratulations to you. But remember what I told you about the hat that he's wearing on his baseball reference page. And I can share my screen in a second. So you're certain I'm not making this up, that he is wearing a Baltimore Orioles hat. Here are his transactions. Drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the 10th round in 2008. Traded by the Cardinals to the Dodgers for Rafael Fercal. And very good player. Very good. Multi-time very, very good player. Uh, traded by the Dodgers to the Red Sox for Jeremy Hazelbaker and Cash. Selected off waivers by the Texas Rangers. Selected off waivers by the San Diego Padres. Signed as a free agent with the New York Mets. Actually signed as a free agent with the Colorado Rockies. Then signed as a free agent with the Baltimore Orioles in 2017, but he never played. So, so the various, so that's why he's got the Baltimore Orioles. He wouldn't draft it by him. He didn't play for him. He just happened to end his career there. But that's the uh, other option too that they have for him from Baltimore. But no, he, he'd come from. Uh, that, uh, one of the fun features is you can click, you can uh, scroll over to a player's picture, and it will show you other images of him, usually from other teams that they've been on. For Mr. Alex Castellanos, it shows him in a Norfolk Tides hat, which is the Orioles AAA affiliate. So it doesn't even give you the option of seeing what he looked like when he was with the Dodgers in the majors or when he was with the inaugural class of the Albuquerque Isotopes in 2016. Oh, wow. How about that? So, yeah, that, that was a name I was like. But, yeah, it's, it again, where the, the buyer wins there. You get Rafael for call for Alex Castellanos, you've – You've won. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, some fun names, though. It's fun going back and reading it. Like, who is this guy? What? Some interesting characters in the history of baseball, man. Uh, and then apparently in the future, as we've learned with Frank Schwindel, <laughs> and these guys we're going to be seeing. So, could uh, I don't know. I don't think he'll become the next Jordan Alvarez, who was traded for Josh Fields. Right. Astros got a nice deal, totally stole one out from underneath the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. There are deals to be had. Oh, there are plenty of deals to be had. I mean, you could even go down the list of times where the Rockies have been the benefactors of that. You thought you were just getting a group of names, and one of those names turned into DJ LeMayhew. Another one of those names turned into Armand Marquez. Uh, uh, the, you, you've got to do those things. <laughs> you absolutely all right, you know, now's a good time because I've been thinking about, do I ever want to share this story? And uh -oh. I think I will. Okay. And I'll leave it incredibly vague, okay. incredibly vague. But if I happen to see you in the next week and you remember and you ask me, I'll, I'll, I'll spill the beans. I'll, I will tell you, right. I'll tell you the details, but, um, there was a meal had by two people, uh, part of the Rockies organization in what, that, what year would that have been 2014? I'm guessing or, or around there right. and in the off season. And one of the two people at this meal, uh, is, is someone I know very well. And that's who shared the story with me. Anyway, lo and behold, the Rockies make the, the big deal, Ian Stewart and, uh, Casey Weathers for, uh, um, DJ LeMahieu and Tyler Colvin, Colvin. and, this other person uh, in the Rockies organization came to the meal and just said, Hey, Oh, uh, we made a big trade and 
I know. We've I've got some yeah. French guy. Yeah. Named Le Mayhew. Yeah. And that kind of summarizes uh, some things that can happen sometimes in organizations where you get maybe the, the greatest second baseman in your, your organization's history and at the time is just a French guy. <laughs> just a French guy. Hey, you go back in 2010 and ask them, honestly, put the lie detector on them and ask Cleveland if they knew what they were getting with Corey Kluber. <laughs> you know, sometimes you you – you just take those and you act like it was what you meant the whole time. <laughs> that's it. Take credit for it. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, well, th this was a lot of fun looking down a uh, little bit of memory lane here. We'll have some actual games to talk about over the next few days. Rockies playing the Cubs. Uh, for those of you who just want to win baseball games, it, it could be a nice little homestand here. That's the, the one immediate just sort of day-to-day -day good feeling about actually having a, a solid team you can send out there against these teams that are just kind of skeletons of themselves right now. So if you want to win some games and feel good, maybe that'll happen this week. Still got to go out there and do it. Um, as you mentioned, you know, a, a, a solid pitcher on the hill for the Cubs tonight. Kyle Freeland goes for uh, the Rockies. Excited to see if he can keep, keep his positive momentum going, especially back at home. But uh, it's going to be a fun and interesting week of baseball and we'll be reporting on all of that for you we'll have, have reactions to it of course we want to hear your thoughts feelings and opinions and so you can always be following us on youtube here clicking the bell icon and getting those notifications for where we're going live you can join the conversation absolutely appreciate it when you all do that um <laughs> uh matt wants a a rick flair woo out of you before the the show is ever since you've got the great american bass shirt on do you have do you have a woo in you or I, I got to get off, off mic and, and, and mainly because we're talking a lot about the Astros and we know Josh Reddick is a big fan. So Woo! there it is. Now the do dogs in my neighborhood are barking. <laughs> <laughs> Set them off. Appreciate y'all for, and see, that's what's great about getting to join us live on the YouTubes and is you can impact the show in those kinds of ways. Appreciate you, Matt. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed also, of course, to, uh, the dnvr.com for all the written content, for access to the Discord channel, for regular discounts on hats and shirts and all kinds of stuff, the bigger beer at the bar, all the cool shit that you get for being a member of the family. We really do appreciate you all. Oh, yeah, make sure you're following social media. You know all the stuff. We appreciate you all for being the greatest baseball fans in the world. We promise we'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.